Welcome to Peak Mind. I'm your host, Michael Trainer, and I'm coming to you live from Chosen, a beautiful retreat center in the heart of one of the most biodiverse parts of Florida. I came here a week ago to delve deeply into the science of life, otherwise known as Ayurveda. And they say when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And I couldn't say this is more true than my experience over the course of the last week. Many of you may know, uh, when I was 19, I actually lived on the southern coast of Sri Lanka and had the good fortune of studying with a seventh generation healer, uh, a particularly uh, occult form of Ayurvedic medicine called Bhutavidya. And I apprenticed with this healer for the better part of two years. And to say it was transformational and in uh, a pivotal moment in my life would be an understatement. And so to return some 20 plus years later and find two Ayurvedic doctors um, basically share their insights as it relates to um, the benefits of Ayurveda, I think it couldn't be more profound. And I'm so, so excited to interview them both over the course of the next two days and share them with you here on Peak Mind. I just wanted to take a moment to reflect because some of the insights I really feel could not be more um, poignant for our times as we collectively come out of this pandemic and are besieged with the nuanced technologies that now run our life, you know, from our phones to you know, our devices, to our emails, to our, all the different ways in which we are, you know, our lives are changing as a result of our very fast evolving world. I think one of the solves and medicines in that experience is going back to some of the ancient technologies, some of the technologies that have stood the test of time. And Ayurveda is uh, four or 5,000 years old and has stood the test of time for its profound, profound teachings. And I'm gonna go into that over the course of these next couple episodes. But one I wanted to share today is really more of a, of a mind vitamin, you know, a short sort of snippet of some of the great insights that I've, that I've garnered that I think you could apply in your own life to uh, great results. So one of the fundamental truths of Ayurveda which I have applied over the course of the last week and have seen market results in my life, like marked, marked like improvements in regards to a variety of factors. One, how I feel. Two, how I look. You know, I was told today that I'm glowing. And basically, the, the tenant is to live in accordance with our circadian rhythms, to live in accordance with the rising and setting of the sun. Now, that is a little trickier these days than it was perhaps, you know, several hundred years ago, but it is still entirely feasible. And some of the very simple things that you can do <coughs> to, to create sort of profound results in your overall circadian rhythm and your circadian clock are waking as close to the sun as possible and taking a short walk or spending some time, maybe even 10 minutes outdoors, letting the natural light wake you up. Uh, this triggers a lot of your, your natural hormones 
and you know is is frankly as good as a cup of coffee although frankly i like to have them both uh, at, at starting to get you going in the morning the other thing you can do is to watch the sun set and to upon the sunset and sun gazing to take the time to really reduce your blue light exposure so if you are going to be on your devices wearing blue light blocking glasses I've used ones from Blue Blocks, but there's a great number of brands you can use using candlelight. Um, you can on your iPhone uh, set it up for night mode. Basically, you want to reduce the amount of blue light so that you're able to more naturally fall asleep. Now, this circadian rhythm is essential uh, to Ayurveda, but one of the other things that they talk about is not just how we rise and fall with the day, but also how we move more in accordance with the seasons. And so one of the things that I'm going to start applying is a biannual cleanse. So in Ayurveda, they call that cleanse a panchakarma, which is like a seven day uh, deep cleaning of our system using some very natural oils. Um, and I'll let the doctors give you more detail on that in, in the coming episodes. But the essence of it is finding some type of cleanse, whatever it is that works for you, whether it be a juice cleanse, um, some type of, of natural fasting, um, you know, and using perhaps intermittent fasting on a daily basis, some way in which to reset your system internally. Now that also has profound results. And so basically, if we start to think about our day and moving through the day in accordance with the cycles of the sun. And we start thinking, for example, on a monthly basis about the lunar cycle, right? The waxing and waning of the moon. In Sri Lanka, where I lived, every full moon was actually a religious holiday. And so demarcating the moon uh, and its fullness was a way of, of, again, living more in accordance with our natural environment. And so for me, the greatest way to find center when I find the world around me is getting too noisy, too frenetic, when I am having a hard time making decisions, is to reset by finding whatever it is that is closest to nature. So if I'm in the city, it's, it can be literally a park. You know, I used to work down in Soho in New York City in the heart of Manhattan, and I would go to Union Square or I'd go to you know, uh, the Great Lawn in Central Park. Anywhere you can find where you can take your shoes off and ground and put your feet in the grass, take in some sunshine. It's one of the best ways you can literally, you know, reset. Costs no money, but has profound effect. The other is using pranayama. So for those of you who have practiced yoga, pranayama is a breathing technique. Um, the one of the very simple exercises one can do is actually alternate nostril breathing. So closing one nostril and inhaling for two seconds, holding for four and exhaling for six and and basically alternating between nostrils. And this very simple exercise can not only help uh, reset your system, but helps to oxygenate the blood and bring us back to a state of, of, of calm and centeredness. And so as I think about some of the many takeaways from the course of this last week, I'm really struck by breath, 
by how breath is the rhythm that demarcates our living through the world, by the rising and setting of the sun and the potentiality that exists in each day and how we can maximize that potential and you know the foods that we take into our body, the air that we breathe, the light that we receive, how we can get the purest versions of each of these inputs and the ways in which those affect our nervous system, our thoughts, our thoughts which turn into our ideas, our ideas that turn into our actions and our actions which basically make up our life. And the, the nature of how pure those inputs can be. And I'm not naive to the fact that all of us live in, you know, many of us in urban environments, many of us in stressful and demanding work cultures and contexts. And that's not to say that we have to, you know, return to, um, you know, living in on a farm or, or going back and living in a cave, although nothing wrong with that if you if you choose to do so. Uh, I'm not naive to the, to the pressures and stresses of modern day life, but I actually think the greatest antidote is to look to some of the ancient techniques that have stood the test of time and some very, very simple practices that if we incorporate in our lives can have absolutely exponential results. And I can say after only a week uh, of doing these practices, of breathing, of, of moving, um, you know, and that moving has looked like, you know, rowing in a canoe on the waters, connecting with nature, looking at birds. Here in Florida, I've seen osprey. This morning I saw manatees, you know, um, super beautiful to, to witness these, these, you know, these other species and, and be reminded of our place in the world, our place in nature. And also to take the time to get up in the morning and, and instead of reaching first for my phone and, and checking my email to actually push myself to walk and just take a gentle walk outside, even before I have my first cup of coffee to set my internal clock in accordance with the sun and to take the time to, to be in gratitude, to appreciate, to celebrate that which is around me. And then when eating, to try to eat as close to, uh, for lack of a better word, God's food, uh, rather than processed food produced by man. So, you know, apples, oatmeal, you know, things that don't necessarily come in a package. There are no ingredients. They are the ingredient. And really thinking about simplifying food and eating a lot more whole, unprocessed, natural food and how that affects the way that I feel. Um, you know, I have not had a drink of any kind over the course of the last week and no hangovers, no, no, no dullness. Uh, the degree to which my brain is working fluidly is working powerfully. The creativity I feel, uh, is extraordinary. Uh, I've got ideas for future businesses, for collaborations, um, the connections I made, my connectedness to people around me. I noticed was profoundly different. I wasn't um, as anxious or you know potentially as crabby as I am sometimes when I'm um, you know putting in lots of impure inputs, you know stressors and you know garbage food and you know being you know potentially hungover. You know all these things obviously have very long-term effects on us in compound. 
but also, you know, how many days have I given up because I felt less than my best because I ate crappy food or I, you know, drank too much. I've thought about that and that was the impetus for this retreat. And I don't know about you, but I feel like when we really take stock of our lives and think about how we want to live them, which I think is imperative as we approach the holiday season and this new year and have the opportunity to reflect, I think it's incumbent upon us to think about what habits, thoughts, ways of being really serve us and what habits, thoughts, ways of being do not. And so as you process through that consideration, I'm going to share a gift over the course of the next few days, which is a deep dive into this world of the life science known as Ayurveda with two of the most profound practitioners that I've encountered. And I, I have lived in uh, the subcontinent region for years. And these two are special, both in the breadth of their knowledge, but also their humility and grace. And so stay tuned and tune in to the next two episodes of Peak Mind as I go deep into the science of Ayurveda. <laughs>